For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Inside the Birds is back! What's up, everybody? Jeff Mosher here, Adam Kaplan, the usual suspects as we bring you our weekly Inside the Birds midweek kind of breakdown. Birds obviously coming off um, a really disappointing 38-20 loss in Minnesota. We are going to break all of it down, give you some personnel sources input on what happened uh, on defense, what happened on offense, everything that led to uh, the 38-20 loss. That leaves the Eagles in a very precarious position, Adam, as they have two more Road showdowns left on this three-game road swing starting Sunday night in Dallas against the Cowboys. That is a big, big-time matchup. It is, and stay tuned for a big announcement we have coming at the uh, at the end of our show here today. But, yeah, look, that that was a poor performance, uh, more on defense and offense. Offensively, there's some good things. Miles Sanders, we'll get into that in a minute. Defensively, uh, as one person said to me who I really trust, Never have seen so many mental errors in one game. And the, the players you normally would not think. It was just, it was bad. Um, you can recover. Definitely, this is why the coaches get paid. Everyone has a, everyone has, uh, a part of this thing. The coaches, the players, and uh, they don't have a lot of time to fix it. But when, when, when you know you're playing Dallas, everything comes into focus. Now, Dallas is a team. Let's start off with this. Because I, I do want to get into something you said before about the mental errors. It was very surprising that a team that normally plays with a lot of discipline had so many breakdowns in a communication or a mental error standpoint in that game. But before we even get into that, the Eagles made a very big move on Monday. They released Zach Brown. I think a lot of people believe that this release comes because Zach Brown opened up his mouth about Kirk Cousins and then really didn't own it after the game. Maybe there's something to that. But this is what's what I find fascinating about this, Adam, is the Eagles, knowing that they were pretty thin at linebacker coming out of last year and going into this year, they only signed two linebackers in free agency. One was LJ Fort, one was Zach Brown. They have now released both of the major veteran additions that they made to bolster that position. Yeah, and, and Jeff, they're walking away, not a lot of money. They paid him four hundred grand on a signing bonus, and he had a $1 million base salary, which was fully guaranteed at signing. So they owe him the remainder of that. There's offset language in, on it. I'm told. So whenever he signs with a team, that team will pay the remainder. Of, uh, well, the Eagles will actually be uh, responsible for part of whatever right, salary he remaining, gets. But, yeah. but bottom line is, Jeff, um, it didn't work out with Brown. Zach Brown is a two-down defender. It's really all he is. And he doesn't cover very well. He he gets beaten coverage. Um, teams will target him. It's not just with tight ends. You'll, you'll, have a, you'll have a receiver go across his face. You'll You'll try to get him out of position. He's just he was not what they thought he would be. Then he had the the foolishness of, up to the game. He never should have said anything. Mm-hmm. I think there's a message sent here. It's impossible to put the percentage. Um, but I would tell you that part of this, this a very small part of it is, 
I know that they're happy with the development of TJ Edwards, the undrafted free agent. Agree. Got the same yeah, uh, kind of uh, input for that that you must have received. Yeah. So the snap, the ten snaps he got were good. He, he's he's smart player. Uh, he's he did a good job. And look, he's on the football team. He's going to have to play now. Right now, Jeff, and we're we're not sure about Bradham when he'll he'll be available. It's not a serious injury, his ankle injury, but he couldn't return. Mm-hmm. If he's not able to play, you've got Grugier Hill, you've got Nate Gary. You got T.J. Edwards and Duke Riley. Duke Riley is not playing on defense yet. Um, Nate Gary clearly is one of the best linebackers that remains. Grugier Hill, he did, Jeff, in this last game, have a snaps increase. We were waiting for this because he was not himself. He came back two to three weeks early from his grade three MCL sprain, which is a complete tear of the medial collateral ligament. He wasn't himself. He, he's back. He played 49% of the defensive snaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you look at it now, Brown played 58, 82% 58 snaps. Grugier Hill's going to be playing more now. They, they don't really have a choice. You only have four linebackers. Um, you, you, one of them's hurt. So you've, you've got to do something here. And I think TJ Edwards uh, is going to have to play more. And that's just the bottom line. Yeah, he is. And again, you know, we, we always come back to this same point, right? Is whether they had six linebackers as they did going into the year or four now. They are not a linebacker-centric type team. They're going to play a lot of big nickel against Dallas, which means they'll probably only have two linebackers on the field most of the time. That'll be Camus. Uh, obviously, Nigel Bradham's hurt. We'll get into that in a minute. Camus, Nate Gary, they'll get Edwards in there for obvious rundowns, but they'll be in big nickel. They'll have Sandeo out there, who's a big part of what they do on defense, and, and just the two linebackers. I'm a little surprised by people who are – you know, outraged by the release of Zach Brown. He, he, as you mentioned, and really to me, it stood out in the Detroit game. I mean, he loses Amendola on a crossing route for 20 yards on, on third down. That was a really key moment of the game. He's not, I can't imagine the Eagles are going to lose a game and the narrative at the end of the game going forward is going to be like, man, if we only had Zach Brown, that's just not the case. I think <laughs> it's just that right now they're thin with Nigel Hurt. And I think it does surprise people that they're getting rid of any linebacker given how thin they are at the position. Yeah, just to finish this off, I mean, you've got five linebackers. One is hurt. Duke Riley hasn't played on defense mm-hmm. yet. So you really only have, when you really look at it, you've got Grugier Hill come back from the MCL sprain. Nate Gary, who's, who's done okay. Right. TJ Edwards. I mean, that's really the guys that you've used on defense. And Duke Riley, maybe he gets some snaps. But right now... And you're right, linebacker is one where you don't have, they've never had any really good depth anyway. You're just going to have to live with what you have. You don't need to trade for anyone because they're not using linebackers very much anyway. Mm-hmm. They're a two-linebacker team. You can get away with it, but Najel Bradham is an important guy um, you know, to their defense. He's a, he's a tone setter. Zach Brown, to finish this off, was not the tone setter they thought they were getting. He was he was high-tackling machine with the Redskins but was not the impact player that the numbers would suggest, and boy, was that the case here. Yeah, and I will add this before we move on. I, I would say I think a fair – if you're going to criticize the team, a fair criticism of this organization is the lack of addressing linebacker and safety at all in the draft over the past few years. So if you – you know, they've, they've brought in veterans. They've done, you know, ways around it, but I do think in the draft at some point they're going to have to focus on getting in some young – talented linebackers and young talented safeties but you know we've said that for the last two years they haven't done it at some point they will have to uh moving forward uh, Nigel Bradham uh, he's obviously hurt and then so you've got Bradham hurt and I don't know if it's unlikely to play or definitely out against Dallas but then Deshaun Jackson and Jalen Mills are two guys who are going to try to give it a go in practice this week and we'll see if one of those two guys can go and help 
upgrade where the team where it's been struggling lately. Yeah, so with Djax, he's got uh, which I put on our show five weeks ago. He's got a grade two uh, tear in his abdomen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's you know, it's look he he it was recommended by Dr. Myers uh, that he would have surgery. That's my understanding, and he declined to have it. I think that Deshaun of five years ago would have had it and be out. You know, six weeks. You're just giving an approximation. Sometimes they come back earlier. But talking to players, by the way, who've had this the uh, sports muscle core surgery, they're always extremely sore with after the first few weeks, where you're just not yourself. So Deshaun is going to rehab it. And I said last week the best he can get is about a seven and a half on it to eight. Mm-hmm. That's probably true. Um, no matter how long he goes with the rehab here, I'm told it's going really well. It's it's, it's about as going as well as they could expect. But the problem that you have is you don't, it's up to Deshaun, number one. And two, you have to see how he does the day after that he practices when, when that is. Right. You have to see how he feels. And, and then, okay, let's say it may or may not be this week. I'm, I'm still a little bit dubious of him playing this week. But whenever he plays, you, have to see, you don't know how much he can handle. It's really up to him. And he's really got to be honest with Carson Walsh, the receivers coach, with Doug Peterson, the, uh, the head coach, and grow the offense coordinator because they've got a game plan. And if he's not ready or he's not feeling right, they have to be prepared for him not to play very much. That's just the reality of the situation. Right. right now. Again, we have to be also prepared for the idea that he's treated it. He has gone as long as he can to make it feel as 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 well as he possibly can. But this tear just doesn't go away overnight through rest and treatment. And at any point, him running around, he couldn't aggravate it. So, you know, kind of like the yeah. Dallas Goddard quad thing, you know, he might be out there and everybody might be optimistic and maybe he makes a catch. But two plays later, he could just run around and be like, you know what? I just, I just re-aggravated this thing. So it's always going to be walking a thin line with him to see how he can make it through this injury. Yeah, I agree. And you know, with with Goddard's calf injury, I mean, my God, he he seemed like he was great for three weeks, and then you know, it popped up in the Atlanta game. So right, look, this this these soft tissue injuries, and then the other injuries like the abdomen injury. You just as a as a medical staff, you're you're tested here. You're doing the best that you can. Sometimes it's just up to the player. You just got to be straight with them. And, you know, if you want to get started on offense here, Jeff, they're just, they're, they're, other than Miles Sanders, who's now been their most explosive playmaker, who's not getting the ball a ton in the passing game. When he does, he's been great. Mm-hmm. They're just, they, they, I'll give the, the coaches credit for this, this game plan. They brought back the wide receiver screens in, in, in force. They really did. Some worked, some didn't work. Uh, they try to be creative. Uh, we called for it. They did some ghost motion. Mm-hmm. Um, jet, jet motion. They did some of that, but you, they're not going to buy it every time. But what you did see RPO, some of them work. Uh, Wentz's RPO work when he ran it, boy, he got them good. See, these RPOs work when you put this, the ball in the stomach of the running back. That's the way an RPO is to work. And that, that particular one did well, but overall a complete mixed bag for the offense. You think there's any shot that jet, I mean, look, I think if, if we were to shoot up all the defensive coaches and Doug with truth serum, they would come out and say, we are begging for a reason to be able to deactivate Sidney Jones at this point. But they really need bodies because they've been so uh, hurt there. And, you know, Skandrick only played 13 snaps. Uh, he was sick leading up, so I don't know if that had anything to do with him not being able to play much against Minnesota. But Jalen Mills returns to practice. Uh, Maddox may be on the horizon. We'll have to see what, what he's able to do. But I think that they are just begging for the opportunity to be impressed by Jalen Mills this week in practice. Just even if they play him 13 to 14 to 15 snaps at him, um, that might be the difference between a complete roasting of Sidney Jones and Jalen Mills making a play. 
So I gave my opening thoughts on, on the offense. My opening thoughts on the defense, and I'll include City Jones in this because you mentioned it. They don't have a number one corner. Uh, Ronald Darby is not a number one corner. He's just not. Even if he's healthy, he's not. He's We, we outline this exclusively for our subscribers. Yeah, I listeners. feel like we talk about this all the time, right? Yeah, he has real bad eye discipline where, where um, on the other side, Russell Douglas does not really generally have that problem. He just has – he has the, the – he doesn't have not only is that not he's speed deficient. I guess that's the best term that I was given. Yeah, and he also when you play with him, okay, you need to have a single high safety. Like you need help. One person described to me the night before that we were speaking here. The word around the league is Douglas has definitely improved. He's not close to a number one corner. He's an okay number two, but you better have speed at the other cornerback position, or you got to play like the Seahawks do. You got to play exclusive cover three. And you, you've got to have these zone exchange when you hand off to another player because he does not have the speed, and boy, that, that showed in this game. If I have one criticism, Adam, of, of, of Jim Schwartz, and I've actually echoed this sentiment a lot maybe a year or two ago because the Eagles have had corner issues for quite a while, but I, I understand that he's, he is what he is and he sticks to what he does, so I've kind of not screamed it from the mountaintop lately, but I'm going to bring it back. In certain situations, when you have real limitations at corner, you have got to play, in my opinion, more two deep safeties. I know he's a, a cover one kind of guy, and that's his identity, but you know, Bill Belichick's one of the best coaches in the NFL because he can be amorphous. He can change to cater his scheme to his personnel. The fact that he plays one safety deep and leaves those guys on an island as much as he does to me is a mistake. And I'm not saying, look, you need that safety in the box against a team like Minnesota to stop the run, especially when you're only playing two linebackers. So I get it, but when it's third and eight, third and nine, whatever it is, in my opinion, I think you need to see a little bit more too deep coverage uh, to protect those corners. Jim doesn't do it; it's not his identity. He'll do it once in a while, but I really think that's a way that he could protect his corners a little more, and it might behoove him to do that going forward against these teams that have really good wide receivers. Well, and the other thing is, and I can't put this on Schwartz when you're smart really good veteran safeties like Roddy McLeod and Malcolm Jenkins, but specifically McLeod, they, they have assignment errors, which he Roddy is so smart and tough and he's come back. We, you know, we, we were happy. We mentioned him against the jets yeah, because he's, played, he's well. played so well. This is probably his worst game as an Eagle uh, based on my source who broke down the Eagles tape. And um, this, this guy said, look, he, this, this guy's job is to evaluate four or five teams this season. And one of them is the Eagles. Mm-hmm. He said, based on his tape study, he didn't know the Eagles very well until uh, he's been grading them. Uh, he said, look, he goes, every time I watch McLeod, he's just so good and so smart. He had, he had mental errors in this game, assignment errors. And this guy, this guy knows the Eagles defense very well. He's the one who told me, look, they're, they're a cover one, cover three team, more cover one than everything, you know, with a single high safety. Mm-hmm. They, um, something happened in this game, and the other problem is, when they had a mental breakdowns, typically you could correct these things in game where it's not going to plague you. They just all had meltdowns. The, 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 not the entire defense. A lot of them did. And a lot of veteran players, it's, uh, it's, you scratch your head like, how does this happen? It happened. And the problem is, and you mentioned it earlier, when you don't have a true number one corner, you, don't have a, you really don't have a great number two. And then you're getting toasted. It's not like you could go to someone else who you know you have faith in. You, got, you only have what you have, and they never self-corrected. And give Kevin Stefanski with Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? 
sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I wanted to mention this. Eagles got, uh, the Vikings got predictable coverage and they exploited it. They knew exactly what they were going to get. This is totally from my, my personal source. Mm-hmm. He said they totally knew what they were getting and they got it and they didn't stop. Remember I said the reason why I picked the, the Eagles to win, I didn't trust the Vikings to exploit the Eagles problem in the secondary. God, I was wrong. They came yeah, out they going, did. they went after those corners, Jeff, and they didn't stop. Yeah, I mean, the second Diggs touchdown, I believe, is real evidential of that. I mean, uh, they had Thielen in, the, Thielen in the slot and then kind of run a drag route over the middle and that kind of sucked the safety into a, a, to let basically Diggs have one-on-one coverage on the outside there. And that was... That was Simply one team out executing another. Uh, even you, you can say the safety's out of position, but you can understand why a safety is coming up on a drag route by an all pro wide receiver at, at the same time. So I feel like that's, as you mentioned, that was just the Vikings putting their personnel in the right place on the field and putting them in position to succeed. Yeah, look, you, you, you adjust as a coach. Stefanski saw early on. He saw two things. A, they weren't able to run the ball like they'd like to. Uh, and two, when they were going to go pass the game, they were not going to eight or nine yard passes uh, to start. They, the boy, right. it, I mean, it's unbelievable. They were just relentless throwing the deep ball. And they would have had another one, but uh, Cousins overthrew on a deep post uh, to Diggs, I think it was. So, look, this is bad tape. Nobody, the, 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 the players know it. They all know it on defense. Um, it's actually good that they have Dallas. And Dallas, this will this will get their head straightened up. It's not like they're good. The good thing is they're not playing another Jets team, right? That tape, that tape, by the way, and the people who said it were right. You could just throw that thing out. That was a, that was against a JV offense. Yeah, and, we learned nothing from the Eagles in that game. Exactly right. Not That's one exactly thing. right. Yeah, and we we even thought that that might happen. Um, just as we finish off defense here, from an all twenty two standpoint, um, I did notice, and I think it was pretty pretty even evident during the game, but especially when you go rewatch, is that the Vikings would keep two tight ends in a lot. They went what they call max protection or heavy up front. So a lot of people are mad about the Eagles not getting enough pressure. Um, but when you've got a four-man rush going up against seven blockers, you know, five linemen and two tight ends, and working off play action as much as the Vikings did, it's it's really difficult for the pass rush to do any more. I, I, like Derek Barnett probably could have played a better game. We didn't hear much from him, but I don't think right. the generation <laughs> right. of pressure was the remote number one problem here for the Eagles defense. 
Right, you- random thoughts on the Eagles defense before we go to offense uh, from my personal sources. So Barnett was very quiet. Um, Cox is a little bit better. Uh, he didn't know. Here's the thing that he's here's where he's not winning on one on ones. He's not winning like he did last year where he was, tri- you know, terrific where he got hurt. He's just not winning. Um, Akeem Spence is a non-factor. Ridgeway really showed up in this game. Yeah, I thought he played well. When Jernigan, yeah, when Jernigan comes back for the second half of the season, assuming he has no setbacks, Hassan Ridgeway is going to be a pretty good third tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see if they do anything with Spence. If they keep him, he's just got to be better. Uh, Graham, this is the quietest game. wasn't bad, but wasn't. Look, he's not going to have a game like the Jets again. That was yeah. maybe his best game as an but Eagle. Yeah, he, he had a sack and a, I think one or two tackles for a loss. So at least he showed up. You know, I mean, he was yeah, he, he did. Well. Look, he, well, he gives effort. You know, but yes. he was impactful. Deshaun Hall had a couple really nice. He had one in particular, uh, a good rush. Josh Sweat was just Josh Sweat. Um, right. Nothing special. Uh, Vinny Curry is just not giving them the pass rush that they're hoping for. Um, Linebacker-wise, I'd mention T.J. Edwards showing up. Uh, Nick Gary plays a smart game. Uh, that, I, I get why Ken, Fl- Ken Flagel, the linebacker's coach, uses him. Mm-hmm. We'll go to the secondary. None of them <laughs> you played can just well. stop. Nobody close. played well. <laughs> no one played well. I Except mean, they for Sandejo with the pick. Yeah, that was a nice pick off the deflection. Of oh, yeah. course, that was a drop pass. Uh, I would say to you here, when we look at the Eagles secondary, I don't understand why, unless Skandrick was not feeling well, and I get that the the Vikings are a 12-personnel team. Remember, though, let's not forget, we forgot to mention this, they lost their left tackle, Riley Reef early in the game. He only played 20 snaps. Right. With Rashad Hill, who was a versatile backup, he could play right and left tackle. He started a bunch of games for him before. He didn't play well. Yeah, he he's not very great. good, but he can but play. But they protected him. They, yeah, they, they protected that's him. That's what, and that's what I mentioned. They, you know, they have seven yeah, guys up yeah. front with the two tight ends. It's hard to kill the D lineman when you've got a four-man rush versus no, seven No, but blockers. you know what? You know what? This mm-hmm. is nothing new for them. This True. is where the coaches have to figure it out. Like, you, you've you've had this before where teams go max protector. They have a, they have a second tight end a lot. you got to figure out a way to get in there. This is, this is I get that. That's fair. There's no Malik Jackson. I get it. Yeah. But you, you can't use that as an excuse. you got to figure out a way to win. You're absolutely right about that. All right, let's transition we'll we'll take an all 22 look uh from personnel sources at the eagles offense versus the vikings defense but before we do that let's pause to talk about anchor hey it's jeff mosher adam kaplan and i love using anchor for our inside the birds podcast every week it's so user-friendly anyone can create their own podcast and you should too just download the anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started Anchor gives you everything you need to start your own podcast from your phone or computer. Its creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast for a professional sound, and Anchor will distribute your podcast for you to Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and so many other platforms. It can be heard by everyone, just like Inside the Birds. You can also make money from your pod with no minimum listenership. What are you waiting for? Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to create your podcast today. All right, Adam, um, you know, the offense only scored 20 points. Uh, I think we, we acknowledge that the defense really put the whole team in a bad spot, but there were drops. Uh, there were some protection issues, and obviously we saw Jason Peters uh, have to come out of the game, and Andre Dillard really got his first extensive uh, playing time of the season, their first-round pick, a guy they traded up for. Before we even mention Dillard, though, uh, you and I have both made this observation a couple of times. Jason Peters looks heavy. He looks 50 pounds heavier than he normally plays. I don't know. I'm just making up a number, but he's, 
it's not a surprise to me that he came out with a knee injury. I mean, he just looks big, and he doesn't look as mobile as he has. You would think with the aging that he would try to keep the weight off, but I don't know if that's the case. Yeah, look, he turns 39 in January. He, we had said in training camp, and even more now, he looks he looks overweight. Um, he doesn't move as well. The thing that's noticeable at him, about him from my personnel sources is that for the first time in many years, he lets, and we'll get into Dealer because Dealer has the same issue, but a different way. He's letting the defensive end get into his chest because he doesn't move as well. He can't strike like he used to. Now, right. if the guy gets close, he'll strike him, but he's not the first one to strike anymore. He just doesn't move very well. That's right. So they have a problem here with him checking out. Um, look, he's 39. He turns 39 in January. This is it. This, he, remember, he has contract restructured. This is it for him. I mean, they, they they could try to get through the whole season with him. Um, you'd probably rather have him do that than have Dillard play right now. Dillard needs a lot of work. We'll get in him as a, before we get to the backups. Mm-hmm. I say Malo is solid, not spectacular, but solid. Kelsey really bounced back from a rough game. Steve McLennan, according to one of my sources, gave him fits. Um, and Kelsey was on his was on his backside too much against the Jets. He was really he was solid in this game. The running backs missed some holes there. They in the A and B gaps. They there were some runs they should have hit. Mm-hmm. Sanders we pointed out on TV, and then the all twenty two backed up what we saw. Um, Lane Johnson was great, really played well. He's just you know what Lane does. Not that he's ever even average against bat, worse players, but whenever he goes up against a big time player like Daniel Hunter in this case, mm-hmm. he seems to show up like in a big way. Like you you go here's here's a here's Absolutely. a Pro Bowler, and he played really well. Uh, Brandon Brooks is not quite as good as he usually, uh, according to one of my sources, not as good as he usually is. Mm. Um, just was not his dominance. He didn't play like an all-pro or a, a pro bowler. Um, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't like we've seen him this season in one of the most remarkable comebacks from a serious injury. Yeah, I mean, look, then, we didn't see yeah. those holes, right, again, that we saw against Green Bay, that we saw against the Jets. There were not yeah. these mile-wide lanes for the running backs to run through, and then there were times that Carson was under pressure. I, I somewhat thought, you know, when you play the Vikings, who have a very good defensive front on the road, especially in their house, you expect to to win some battles and lose some battles. And I wasn't expecting gigantic, you know, holes to run through. But um, I, I to get back to Dillard, as, as although it seemed like he did not play great, I thought that that was really valuable experience that he got because I'm not a hundred percent certain that this season is going to end without Dillard being the left tackle at some point, uh, the starting oh, left tackle. Oh, fair. Yeah, yeah, fair. Yeah, you, 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 Look, you're right. He got extremely valuable experience on the road in a hostile environment. It's a, it's a terif- terrific mm-hmm. defensive line, especially at end. Um, he did an excellent job um, in, in terms of not getting down on himself. Sometimes when guys struggle, and he definitely struggled, and not comparing him to Winston Justice. Remember the, the problems Winston Justice had? He just couldn't recover. Mm-hmm. Dillard's problems are with his hands. It's not a, he doesn't lack confidence at all. He actually has confidence that, that you could tell. He's just so raw with his hands. This is, this is something we knew in the off season. He seemed according to multiple sources, he seemed to clean this up in training camp. Like when I was there and I heard from people who were there, boy, he really made a big adjustment with his hands of Stoutland really did a good job with, with coach. I mean, look, he would win the one-on-ones, which is what you're hopeful for. Not that that's real football, but that's a good sign. Well, all of that is gone. He, uh, he, he's not only did he let the the DN in this case uh, get into his chest. He he ha- when you when you don't have long arms and he only has thirty three and a half inch arms. That was his measurement at the combine. I'm told mm-hmm. you want you want thirty four and a half to thirty five and a half, or thirty five and a quarter. That's the idea. Right. When you're sh- an inch or, or an inch and a half short, you got to make it up with hand usage and quick hands and 
confident hands and experienced hands. He doesn't have that yet. He gave out pressures. He also, I'm told, he was on the ground way too much, and that means he's just not there with his hands. Now, he's a real good kid, and a, 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 one source told me he really means a lot to him to be great. I have no doubt with Stalin coaching, he'll wind up being what they thought he was, mm-hmm. but he's just not close, and you're just going to – you make a great point. This is – it's probably the best point we've made here. It's re- you're really right. This experience that he got, now you have the tape. Stoutland is going to work on this with him. He knows that, mm-hmm. and that's what the tape study's about. I mean, think about it. Winston Justice once went in there and gave up six sacks in his debut. So, I mean, Dillard on the road against a really tenacious uh, pass rusher, Neverson Griffin, and uh, I'm sure Hunter played a few snaps against him. Yeah, he wasn't amazing, but at least he was um, good enough to put the offense in position to succeed. It just didn't. There were a lot of drops. Uh, a lot of people want us to talk about the idea of getting J.J. Ortega-Whiteside on the field and maybe even in the slot getting Greg Ward a few looks. We will talk about that. I think that's something that we should get into on Friday a little bit uh, when we do our our game preview because this is really about recapping and getting the sourced intel on what we saw from the offense. But Question. Do you have anything? Go ahead. Real quick. Yeah, real quick. Does anyone actually ask you on hashtag ITB about Greg Ward? Is is that right? J.J., I thought I saw, I know I've heard it on the airwaves, and I'm pretty oh, sure okay. in our last one, people thought, have asked about it. It's, it's starting to gain some momentum. So, uh, mean, And not as an outside receiver, as a slot receiver to give you maybe a fresh look or a fresh perspective. But we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it Friday because let's yeah. see how practice develops this week and the storylines that come out of it. Hey, one, one thing, I, I'm looking at my notes here. I forgot to add this. This is really important. For those of you who get access to All22 on NFL.com, Watch how many times the offensive linemen were in were, were pushed back into Carson's body. Yes, the, this Collapsing is an ongoing issue. Uh, occasionally, um, one that I made sure. Now I'm going to watch the. I'm going to watch it and look for it because Carson. By the way, I gave he played very well. Not perfect. Uh, before we get to the receivers, I just want to add this: the, the the one small issue he has, he sometimes predetermines where he's going to go. You know how I had said through one of my sources that mm-hmm. sometimes he just goes to the left or the right. He just locks in on one side of the football. In this game, he missed a big play, uh, would have been 20, 25 yards. I think it was to Matt Collins on the, the deep post to um, Aguilar over the middle, which was he overthrew him. Mm-hmm. Collins, you could see him raising his hand. Carson seemed to predetermine on that throw, and he does it in each game where he goes, I'm going here, and we're going to get this, which you like, but you, you take it, you, you have, like, it's not, we're not talking about Deshaun Jackson here. You, like, Aguilar doesn't get the separation. Trust your eyes. Trust that Matt Collins was wide open. It's going to get should get the football now. Maybe Aguilar was his one. His first that's that's the way he was supposed to read it. But let me tell you something. You're just not going to complete that pass, and you got to get the one that take. As this one person told me, take what's there. Don't be afraid to take 20, 25 yards. You don't need the fifty yards. You'll get it. Just take what's there. Yeah, and that's kind of been a repetitive, you know, theme with us and talking about Carson and, and taking that check down when it's there. Uh, but I agree with you. You know, you factor in the five drops and then the touchdown. That he threw to Alshon Jeffrey, like maybe Mahomes, maybe uh, Russell Wilson. I don't know how many other quarterbacks kind of make that play where they go to their left, then they go to their right, come back to their left, and throw the touchdown pass in the end zone. That was uh, vintage Carson. That Wentz was awesome. Right you got to see the all twenty-two. I wa- I watched it uh, Tuesday morning. It was. <laughs> you're right. It's vintage uh, Carson. Oh, one thing on the drops. Uh, I think we're being a little bit too hard. I'm not saying a couple of them were legit drops. The Hollands one, I've I actually watched it, the mm-hmm. old twenty two, mm-hmm. just to get a because uh, the one person I spoke, the the personnel guy, because I think I think you need to take a look at that. That was a that was a high throw, 
Mm-hmm. Um, yes, Hollins is 6'4". That was a difficult catch. Then the one that Ertz dropped, well, first of all, Carson threw a fastball, a Nolan Ryan special. Yeah. That was too – he needs to take something off of it. So I think we're being a little bit too hard. I, I, but overall, yeah, they, they, there were a few. Alshon had one in the end zone. Um, yes, you should yeah, have they that. actually had two, but it, I guess because it's been becoming a repetitive theme for this team that even the ones that are 50 50, you kind of say, what's going on here? You guys were catching everything two years ago and now, uh, not catching enough. So that's something maybe we'll, we'll continue to talk about. Um, if it continues down the line, what it means, is it a coaching issue? Is it something going on? And, and we'll get into that more down the line. Uh, I, before we get out of here, I got to, as you mentioned, got to gotta talk about our big announcement. If you missed our last watch party last month for the Eagles-Packers game uh, with Todd Harriman's, you will have a chance for another one this Sunday. We're going to be back at the original Chickies and Pete's in Mayfair on Robbins Avenue. And this time joining us will be Mr. Invincible himself, Vince Papali. So really looking forward to having Vince with us uh, before the game. So uh, it's an 8 o'clock game, big, huge game against the Cowboys. We'll be upstairs at Chickies and Pete's. You can get tickets at MayfairPhilly.com. You can check Adam Kaplan's Twitter. He's at Kaplan NFL or mine, at Jeff Mosher NFL. We'll be tweeting out more information, but there'll be prizes, giveaways. You know, we last year we gave, uh, last w- a month, I should say, we gave away gift cards from Rita's, from our friends at Rosnov Jewelers. Um, we gave away a Todd Harriman signed football. I think we'll be able to get Vince Papali to sign a few things to give away, including maybe a, a copy of his book. Uh, it'll be a great time. We'll do in-game analysis. We'll do pre-game analysis. Vince will be there, so it'll be a rocking time. I'm looking forward to that. Adam, I know you are too. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, absolutely. Bring your books if you have them. Vince is the greatest. I've, I've done some work with him on television. He's a special guy, and he's going to give us the, the 411 and what it's like for Dallas Week. As someone who grew up in Philly, it's really just a remarkable story. and what it's like and dick for me he's got a great story and he'll he'll retell it it's remarkable and when uh for me for me got it early on about dallas it's just uh it, it'll be a great night of football as vince said an email to us great night of football and, and really in an extremely important game first place is on the line absolutely so we're looking forward to it again go to mayfairphilly.com or mayfair bid's facebook page there's a uh, again our twitter accounts there's a lot of different ways that you can get the link to the event, Bright, to uh, get your tickets for this event. It's going to be fantastic, so please join us. We uh, always have a great time in Chickies and Pete's, crab fries, drink specials, everything. It'll be a wonderful time, so make sure you get your tickets. Uh, as always, we'd like to thank our friends at 97.3 ESPN, our partner affiliates. You'll hear Adam uh, Adam spot on 3 o'clock, so if you don't have the uh, app, download it now. If you're not in the listening area, 97.3 ESPN.com. It's a free mobile app. Adam always comes on with us at 3 o'clock. Uh, I'm on, on every Wednesday. day. Yeah. Uh, I'm Wednesday, right. I'm on every day from uh, starting at 2 o'clock on the Drive Time Show with Mike Gill and Ryan Rothstein. And, of course, you can hear Aton Shander and Harry Mays every Monday through Friday from 12 to, to, to 2 o'clock. So make sure you uh, check us all out. And again, Great app, by the way. It is great a great app. app. Fantastic. A lot of giveaways, really... by the way. Not only that, I listen to my car on the app, and I listen online. I listen to you uh, while I'm working. It's fun. I Man, you guys were awesome. Uh, you, uh, Gil, and Rothstein on Monday. Man, you guys uh, on the on the, the the not only in the Eagles breakdown, but the Philly stuff. Oh yeah, they've got us fired uh, up lately, my friend. <laughs> oh my god, I couldn't turn it off. I said I told Mike over Twitter. It was such great radio because we know the passion that Philly and South Jersey sports fans have for the Phillies, Flyers, Eagles, and Sixers, especially when the Eagles lose, and the the Phillies have become such a train wreck. 
it's been great for tr- talk radio because it, it it they don't stop being coming a train wreck every it seems like every month they've got something stupid that's going on where they don't handle themselves correctly yeah it's and, it does good seem job that guys way. that was really good and also adam we've introduced our ask itb segment to the 97.3 airwave so if you ask that. us a question yeah. right if you as we always do we have we tell you to tweet ask itb and we try to answer your questions in the podcast usually on mondays and friday or sunday and friday but if we don't you got to listen to 97.3 because every day, sometime in the 3 o'clock hour, usually we do an Ask ITB segment or two where we take leftover questions and I answer them and Ryan and Mike Gilway in too. So you can hear your name uh, over the air and have your question answered. If it's not in the podcast, you can listen to it on 97.3 ESPN. And also make sure you head to our affiliate partners, uh, PHL Sports Nation. They cover the Eagles. They cover the Flyers. They cover the Sixers cover the Phillies, and they do it all for the fans. They're enhancing the fan experience with their coverage of Philly sports. So make sure you're uh, even getting inside the birds on phlsportsnation.com. All right, that's going to do it for the latest Inside the Birds. We'll be back Friday with our pregame preview pod. Obviously, Eagles, Cowboys, Adam and I will have a lot of information, uh, a lot of sourced info, and uh, we'll be able to break down that game. Uh, A must-win game kind of for both teams from soup to nuts. So, uh, again, as always, we thank you for flying with us inside the birds.